Stone gets the puck after the draw. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Amadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet. Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the. Let me be the latest. Uh, hopefully, I'm not the first, but the latest to wish everybody a happy Cinco de Mayo day. No, there's, uh, there's ways that you can celebrate. There's the amateur way, and then there's the professional way. Oh, wow. Let's start by educating everybody. Do you guys know the origin of Cinco de I, Mayo? I do. All right, what is it? It the, celebrates the Battle of Puebla, which was the day that the Mexican army drove the French out of the city of Puebla. You got it, in 1862. That's uh, outstanding. One of Mexico's uh, 31 states, and mm. it uh, really came to fruition in the early 1900s. And we want to make sure that you eat in a Mexican restaurant, enjoy the food, uh, maybe go check out some of their art. And then if you want to get into some booze, Go right ahead. But just acknowledge the rest that comes with Cinco de Mayo. It's just not an excuse to go get flat in your face. Do you need an excuse for that? Not really, <laughs> but people will take one and then turn it into something. As I know some of my closer people in my life. Would, not, would you, would you call you wouldn't call them friends? Yeah, more colleagues. Like buddies or colleagues. Just colleagues. Colleagues. They're they're my, they're, they're, they're flat out colleagues? colleagues. Oh yeah. I, 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 I'm colleagues. really close with uh, some colleagues. Positivity Alley, baby. Oh okay. uh, yeah, that's true. So so they're out, about that. they're out playing some golf and then they're gonna go at Cinco de Mayo today. Get Cinco de Mayo. That's Cinco de Mayo. That's a pretty good phrase. Well, hang well out with me. You'll hear a lot of things. Uh, we got to game two coming up tomorrow. This is a 2D gap, the only 2D gap in the schedule for the second round series involving the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. We will bring you the Oilers side with Eugene Prince-Bay coming up in just a little bit, uh, the host uh, of the Oilers games on Rogers Sportsnet and uh, Hockey Night in Canada. So Eugene is going to stop by in in a touch. We'll also have Bruce Cassidy stop by with his media availability from today, an update from practice uh, earlier at City National Arena, and the very latest on all the other happenings around the National Hockey League with one-timers news and notes from around the NHL on Senko de Mayo as we raise a glass to everybody uh, honoring the Battle of Puebla. Chris Chapman on point today. Yeah, he, that was outstanding, Chris. Well done. I'm really impressed by that. Well, I'm I, proud of you. I, I will admit that when I, I actually do have a college degree, and one of the classes I took in college was Mexican history. So I learned all about Mexican history for a semester at UNLV. So uh, 
So I, support a Mexican business, yes. eat the food, and maybe check out some art. If you're down at First Friday, there might be some art uh, over there. And uh, just to enjoy yourself. What's your favorite? If you're going to partake in the flat-faced avenue of Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> yes. what what would be your beverage? Well, I am all about the Cadillac margarita. For oh, those who don't know, go. that's your traditional margarita with Grand Marnier. So it adds a little bit more flavor and a little bit more punch, and uh, I love those things. Oh boy! What about Ooh. you, there, Wallace? Um, I, I guess a Dos Equis if if we're going there. Mm. That's about it. Dos Equis. Yeah. Yeah, live a little bit, man. Ah. Most interesting man in the world. Yes, that's right, Ryan Wallace. There it is. Uh, yeah, margarita too. If I'm if we're gonna go Cinco de Mayo, if we're gonna celebrate it, Cinco de Mayo. I'm not a big margarita fan. Like on a daily, be- like, it's not part of my. You routine. you strike me as a margarita guy. But uh, but I, I'm I you know you know you know what strikes when you think of me Mm-mm. think martini, very no, fancy, very complicated, all. very mysterious. No, when, when I think I when was, I, I was when thinking I think Mad Dog 2020. When I think Millsy, I do not think <laughs> Martini. We got uh, practice today. Uh, what the, you were over at practice? Uh, yes, in, interesting workout in uh, in front of a packed house. Yes, National Arena. Yep. Like it was jammed. You mm. can tell. And I want to take this opportunity to welcome all the different listeners who aren't normally with us who are new to the Vegas Golden Knights and this bandwagon. There's plenty of room for everybody. There's so much excitement about this team Mm -hmm. around the Las Vegas Valley right now and around the world as people listen to us uh, via the stream. uh, People are really getting into this. So we've got new listeners uh, all over the place on top of new listeners. And you could see some of that today at City National Arena with uh, with a lot of different, uh, different folks in town. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was really nice. It was really fun. It, it had a lot of energy in the building at City National Arena. The kind of the wait to get into uh, the rink prior to practice, and then just the energy that that kind of carried through over the course of the forty five minute uh, forty five minute skate for the Golden Knights. So it was really cool to see. It was really nice to kind of have that atmosphere going. And you know, you, the more the more wins you pick up, and the deeper you get, the more realistic everything feels, and and that brings about a lot of energy. What did you see at practice today? Um, I saw, for my money, I saw Mark Stone look great. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, like I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at Mark Stone as we go through this series. And every single time he leaves the ice after a shift, there are going to be eyeballs on him. I thought he really? looked... Really? Yeah, I do. I thought he looked... Is that just because of what happened in practice the yes, other day? Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't this wasn't a first round? Once you got through the no, first no, no, couple no, of games no. of Winnipeg, you were okay, and then you got uh, nervous again? No, I think that it was because of leaving practice early okay. ahead of game number one, not really knowing until he hit the ice in game one and seeing him put up a goal and an assist, two-point night, all that stuff. Um, you want to see how Mark Stone continues to look when he's skating outside of games, and I thought he mm-hmm. looked great t- today. Um and that was encouraging for me. I, it really was. It's funny. I was alleviated when I watched him play the other night. I was I was fine with it because the way he played the other night, uh, that that was arguably his best game of the six that we've seen in so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I thought Mark was really good on in game number one, and his ability to read plays yeah. has been just so so good. He was in and around a lot of things that that were really good for the Golden Knights. But again, it, it's one of those things where, for me personally, I 
I need to see Mark Stone continue to look like and be Mark Stone. And he's been that every day in practice. Just to feel good about yourself. Just to feel good about mm-hmm. where the Golden Knights are at right now. Because when we talk about depth and we talk about how good this team can be, Mark Stone's at the middle of all of it. All right. Here's what you didn't see at practice today. And it was a, it was a good workout. It was uh, Don't expect any changes yep. for game two from game number one. So rolling over the lineup. What you didn't see today is different tactics, strategic tactics mm-hmm. that you will use against the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. And you, you've never seen those. You didn't see the strategic tactics necessarily beyond what they do on the power play, which has less to do with the other team, more to do with using their strengths. Mm-hmm. It's so different than a sport like Football, where you have scouts. Now, you're not allowed to in to watch all of football practice. Maybe that's why uh, uh, they're able to do it a lot more. But the, the hockey preparation in a series, tactically, mm-hmm. is done through video and meetings. But I don't remember seeing anybody go out and specifically target things that they will use or to to take advantage of the other team mm-hmm. or to defend against the other team. There's there's one example and it was Jake Allen in 2019. Okay. Who was the backup goaltender for the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. And they I think David Alexander is the goalie coach there. I believe it's David Alexander. They came up with this idea and it was part in jest and part maybe we'll do this. They were talking about Tuka Rask okay. and the different mannerisms of Tuka Rask and the different skill sets of Tuka Rask okay. and how, how he plays, how he looks in the crease. During that Stanley Cup final, mm-hmm. Jake Allen took on the persona in goal mm-hmm. of Tuka Rask. Right. He replicated him in every facet outside of putting on a Boston sweater <laughs> and using uh, black and gold I, it's it's never happened before, mm-hmm. and it's never happened uh, uh, since. Mm-hmm. It it was so unique, and Jake had it down to a T. Like he was really good at it in, the in, game. In, in 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 taking all of that on. And there, you talk to some people around there, mm-hmm. and there is an element of credit that goes to Jake for for giving them either between the ears or physically. Mm-hmm. An advantage. Now that's that's a one-off. That's really unique. But stopping the Oilers' power play and what goes into that, you don't see at practice. Mm-mm. It's all done behind the scenes and off ice. And that's that's a real interesting way to go about it because I, a lot of us are physical learners mm-hmm. in in world. You got to go out. You got to go through it a couple of times. But these are. Take Mark Stone, for example, and he's being deployed in a critical role in defending this power play of the Oilers. Uh, You show them what to do. You run through it a couple of times uh, through video, and then they get it. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's the uh, really uh, fascinating part of hockey compared to, to football is they don't go through it physically. To they they have their work uh, their breakouts their zone exits that they want to work on uh, uh, power play that they want to work on but you don't have the other team or the the penalty killers that you use in practice mm-hmm. 
they're not replicating necessarily what your opposition does. They're just they're trying to kill the penalty mm-hmm. the the best way they they, they can. It it's a, a unique part of, of of our sport. Yeah, and and there's really no way right for for the Golden Knights penalty kill specifically. There's no real way in practice that you're going to be able to replicate the options and the way in which the Edmonton Oilers work the puck around on the power play. Video in that situation is going to be your best possible chance to learn it because you just you don't have the ability to set up a like-for-like situation in the practice. Like with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. You, you don't have a Connor McDavid and a Leon Dreisaitl. But, that but you other utilize. teams get like that. You're right. You're absolutely bang on with that. Yeah. Nobody can beat Connor McDavid. And and if they go out and if you say, hey, um, <laughs> Marshall, uh, we we want <laughs> yeah. you, we're going to practice our penalty killing. We need you to pretend you're, you're Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For one, everybody's going to be chirping. Yep. You're not going to get any work done because they're going to be chirping. <laughs> He's going to be chirping back, yeah. and it's just going to turn into a, a yap fest. And then he's going to try and do it, and he will he might find something he likes, mm-hmm. and he'll try and take it to the game, mm-hmm. and that's going to screw up stuff too. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your, your, your game. But yep. you, you can't do that with, with that type of player. They're the two best players uh, in the solar system. Uh, but you could with other teams, sure. You could, but it doesn't happen. It's it's yeah. really. Have you seen it? No, no, I it's, haven't. It's I, really different. The, you'll practice maybe if they've got a really strong Pavelski. Mm-hmm. You can work on that, but you can't. You can't necessarily the goaltender or the defenseman uh, challenge playing Joel Pavelski because he has this special skill set mm-hmm. that nobody else can replicate. Uh, you, As a goaltender, you, you you work on tips all the time. Jonathan Quick was doing it today. King yeah. Colesar was on yeah. front, uh, and they're working on tips. But you can't – it's 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 hard to go through that because Pavelski does it so much better than anybody else in the National Hockey League. It's Even, even outside of the Oilers, you don't see it very often. It's all done through meetings and video. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is it is a unique situation that's that's really in hockey in that you've got a bunch of stuff you pull from playing the games, being in the games, watching the video back, and trying to figure out how you then go about fixing things in real time. It, it, and as you said it, like you don't really know what you're in until you're in it, and you don't know exactly what it's going to be like to face that power play over and over and over again over a seven-game series until you've gotten that initial taste in game number one. And I feel like there were building blocks there for the Golden Knights as they move forward. I, I wonder why it's not done more consistently against regular opposition, for, for lack of a better term, uh, because of uh, what Dreisaitl and, and McDavid bring. Is it because... If, as soon as the other team does something different, and you're prepared for this, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that wasn't part of the prepper. I, I don't, I don't know why. I'll have to ask uh, some of my coaching buddies about it. Well, I mean, I, over the course of an 82 game season, where you're well, seeing, it never happened. Well, where you're the seeing odd different, oppo- is, yeah. different opponents. No, I'm, like, I'm more talking playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, because I, I don't know that there was anything there specific to the Winnipeg Jets power play where the Golden Knights were trying to hone in on where Winnipeg's going to try to to run their in power the game in, in the games they they did but not so much in the practice not, not not so much in in yeah. throwing the puck around they they have they have ideas that they want to do mm-hmm. uh, and the penalty kill what they want to take away 
but they're not. It's not so specific mm-hmm. uh, down to the to the detail that they're working on it on the ice. Like if you're if you're a uh, a scout for the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. and you went to today's practice, which I think is illegal. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed <laughs> to do that. Although there's nothing necessarily stopping from somebody just to mm-hmm. put on a, a hat and glasses and and a mustache and uh, and away you go and and watch it. But if if you wanted to conspicuous get a, an inside look at another team mm-hmm. with a public practice like that, would you have gained anything today? No, you wouldn't have. No, no. I, now I, a lot of teams don't have public practices. Sure. That might be why. A lot of teams, I've and I've seen Vegas do it, well, they'll do some things on another sheet mm-hmm. away from ice. Oh, to be perfectly honest, a lot of that has to do with just having another sheet, mm-hmm. a, a fresh piece of ice that uh, that you can work on, and then you don't uh, you don't need a flood before the the full group goes on. Uh, but I, I have seen teams go to a different sheet where you can't get eyes on it. Um, it sounds cloak and dagger, mm-hmm. but it's it, there's not a lot there. Well, how much of this might be simply because the Golden Knights played well in game number one? And, and no, the, there's not an onus in my in my mind. There's not an onus on the Golden Knights to change much of anything, right? Like you go in with that game, but they plan, might have changed things. It's possible. We just won't know. Sure. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I guarantee you, there's been tweaks yeah. made. Yeah. This series will be a lot more. Action reaction. Mm-hmm. I n- know that that Edmonton is going to come back with. Uh, w- they'll come back with a different lineup for mm-hmm. sure because I don't see Yanmark right exactly. uh, coming in. I don't know that they'll go eleven and seven again uh, because of what happened when they lost a guy mm-hmm. and then the stress that it put on uh, their big players. Trailing had a lot to do with the the third period ice time in in that. But uh, the, and then it'll be up to Vegas to to answer that. And then there was some action reaction within the game that Vegas already has an uh, an idea of how they want to counter and and limit chances on it. Uh, does does Edmonton make a switch on how they use Drysidle on the power play, given that the Golden Knights took away after the one first goal, uh, mm-hmm. the one timer mm-hmm. took away that option. Uh, on the on the power play, will we see uh, Drysaddle utilized in in a, in a different fashion? Uh, will Vegas now that they've seen it up close and know what McDavid does with that uh, low high mm-hmm. loop? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to counteract that uh, now that they they they've seen it? Or the Vegas power play? Is there something that they've seen uh, that they wanted to use in video? But it's all done with the coaches in meetings in the video room. Where you, where Chris Chapman sits in with Bruce Cassidy in mm-hmm. his media availability mm-hmm. and takes other people's seats, oh, even going, though they've sat in those this. seats yeah. all year, it's uh, that that's what we see. What's really funny about that is you were already in the media room taking claim to your seat before anybody else was in there. So well done, good Me? job. Yeah, you. Yeah, I go. This is what happens, and just, I have, you didn't want to have your seat taken. It's I, no, no. This is this is how I deal with availability. Okay. We are we are blessed with access to players and coaches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go into the dressing room like everybody else. We go down that hall. I, I, I'm, it's my moo, 
Mm, because we're all cattle going down the hall. Right. And, and, I got uh, it. And we go in the room. I have a couple of people going in that I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I get that out of the way, or I have to wait around. And then I'll see somebody that, oh, I'll, I'll mention there was something in my brain. I'll, I want to make a wisecrack to Chandler mm -hmm. Stevenson mm -hmm. or something to that effect. Once I'm done my conversations, mm -hmm. I don't stick around. You're out. But I watch everybody else gather in the middle, and they're all talking to each other, mm -hmm. but nobody's talking to players. Like, what are you people doing? I just get out and I go and I start taking my notes in the in the press conference room and get a jump of the day. And then everybody comes back, back down the hallway, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm I'm the 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 cow that jumped over the fence, not the moon, mm -hmm. the fence, and yeah. got out and got to do his own thing. But everybody else, you, you guys all just sit in the middle of the room and and talk to each other. I'm like, why? That's a waste of time go do something yeah well we can't all pick up kettlebells well, well go do that instead of just standing in the in the in the middle but that's why i'm usually in the coach's room uh the media conference room before mm -hmm. everybody else because I, I i know what i want to get i go get it and then i get out because mm -hmm. i just feel awkward standing in, yeah. the, in, the, in the middle of the room and then i don't want to be that person that nate or garrett or india has to go up to and say hey uh Bruce is going to talk now. Uh, let's go. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that person. Right. Being pushed along. Uh, same lineup. No surprise there. Vegas, an opportunity to win its sixth straight mm -hmm. this postseason. That's important because it will equal the longest playoff winning streak in mm -hmm. franchise history. So, now, do you remember when the sixth straight was established? Opening it up to the masses, the masses being Chapman and Wallace. Hmm. Because I was thinking about it, mm -hmm. and because you go back to year one, it didn't happen in year two. A couple of long runs, three and four, didn't end up happening in five. So when was the Golden Knights' six-game playoff winning streak? The longest in franchise history established. I you, think you, you driving around in your car right now, listening. When was it, Chapman? I think it was the first six playoff games in team history. They swept the L.A. Kings, and I want to say they beat San Jose in the first two games here in Vegas. Did you press your buzzer? No. Okay. Do you want to press we, your? Do you we wanna, don't have buzzers. Do you want to slap the desk? There, there you are. All right. So that's your answer. That's my answer. You're wrong. Okay. All right, Ryan. You've got a free shot at this. Again, when was the Vegas Golden Knights franchise record six-game playoff winning streak established? Not year one and not year two, mm. not year five. So you're down to year two or three. You have a 50-50 shot at winning the prize. Well, I know it wasn't year two. Sorry, year three or four. Okay. You're three or four. You're you're just throwing all these layers of confusion you're on here. You're three or four. 50-50. What is it? Um, to win the grand prize. Part of me wants to say it was Oh, in, my goodness. Like, make up. Can't, can't even talk with this <laughs> part guy of in the room. Goodness <laughs> Part gracious. of me? Just like, say it. <laughs> it was the bubble. It was the bubble. First first six games Did in the bubble. Did you press your buzzer? There. First <laughs> Six games in the bubble. Because remember they had the round robin? Mm-hmm. 
and then they win the series. Right. So they had the round robin. Which they swept. Then they won the first three games against Chicago. There it is. Ah, the round robin. A series that went I mean, it's like technically not, but yeah. Yeah. You know what? I had the conversation with Nate today. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. talked about it. It's interesting you bring that up. You didn't think I'd get it, did you? Astro- no, I was hoping you would get oh, it. Oh, okay, good. <clears throat> I, I, you guys are part of the VGK Insider Show. You should know this stuff. Well, you, all right. You said flat out it's not year one, and Chapman's like, "Yeah, it was year one." No, he said that after I said, "Yeah." No, he said it before. No, you weren't no. paying attention. No, he said it after. Mm-mm. No, I said it run, after. Run yeah. the, uh, run the, the tape. Uh, <laughs> the asterisks. I asked. Nate, whether mm-hmm. that's on the six-game winning streak because mm-hmm. it was part of the round robin in the bubble. And we, we could see reasons why you could. It, there's not an asterisk, by the way. Okay. It, it stands as the record. Yep. The NHL has deemed it a record. And I would say, well, that's different. That's not a traditional playoff year. I could see there being... A disclaimer there. Mm-hmm. But then, like, why? It's the playoffs. And everything they did to pull that thing off mm-hmm. deserves to fall in line with the rest. Like, play, playoff points uh, are, are, were, were different that year because you play in rounds and you had uh, 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 the round-robin series. There, there was no asterisk to if you set a playoff record for most points in a postseason – that still would have counted. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you weren't going to just strike off that type of thing. So so this this rolls in, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, I'm good with it, too. I'm just glad that I got it right. I, I took a while, though, and, and you were second. You didn't buzz in right away. Well, I, I was trying to figure out yeah. what you were saying. You, you had to buzz you, 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 you told, you told uh, Chapman that it wasn't year one, then you told me it wasn't year two or three or seven or nine. Or like, don't, you, there was don't. no consistency in how you set up the question. Listen, you know, I, listen I, to the, the excuses coming over. There's no from excuses. Over there. I got it right. I, I understand that it counts, but I don't think it counts in the traditional way because the first three games weren't a series. Right, like it wasn't a playoff series. No, it was a round robin, robin to so, establish so seating. I'm, I'm yeah. fine with it counting because uh-huh. the NHL says it counts, and and they're the the foremost authority on this thing. But I would just say that there is a disclaimer on it because the first three games were not a series, but not not in the eyes of the National Hockey. Well, that's League. what I just said. Yeah, they 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 but make you're, the you're, rules. You're playing both sides of the fence right now. Well, they they, saying, they are the foremost they're, they're, authority. You're saying they're right, but I also don't agree with them. I don't agree with it, but they could still be right. You you cannot agree and understand and recognize you have no recourse to change anything. No, and, and, and you can't, so you, you don't can't, think it should stand. I don't think it should stand. No. Okay, well, why wouldn't you just say well, that? That's, I thought that's what I My did say. Goodness, uh, we got Gene Principe coming up. Uh, we're going to get into a whole lot uh, on the Edmonton Oilers side. Uh, but uh, let us know. Do you agree uh, that the the six game winning streak from the twenty twenty bubble playoffs? Stands, no challenges, or should there be an asterisk beside it? Uh, let's uh, get your opinion on it via Twitter. Uh, send Ryan a note or send Chapman a note. I don't respond anyway, so uh, don't bother with me. Uh, it's the VGK Insider Show with Gene Prince Bay coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up in hour number two along with Bruce Cassidy's media availability from today. 
he is uh, a real treat. Uh, I love it when the other media comes in town. They go, "Oh, that's what you guys get every day." This is <laughs> this is awesome. Nothing against their coaches or other coaches in the National Hockey League, but you do get uh, a lot. Uh, Gene Prince Bay, the host of the Oilers on Rogers Sportsnet, is one of those guys, and he was he was just lamenting how much he loves Vegas and how much he'd love to live here, but he he's got a job. He works in Edmonton. He can't leave yeah. that behind. Right, 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 Eugene. Yeah, that's exactly. Why would I want to live in Vegas? Actually, ironically. I think this might be the first time in uh, the history of a man and woman or person kind that it's warmer in Edmonton right now than it is in Vegas. Really? It's been yeah, it's been thirty degrees Celsius, which oh, that would be I think high eighties, maybe ninety. I, I don't uh, know. in Fahrenheit. You know, at times I've I've taught myself how to do the conversion from Fahrenheit to Celsius, and I, I forget it like twenty minutes later. So now I, I just go I just go with Fahrenheit when I'm in Canada or in uh, in the states, and then I go to Celsius when I, when I, when I'm in Canada. Yeah. It's, it's it's so. Anyways, it's been nice, but you know what? There's it's still Vegas. It's May. It's whatever it is, seventy degrees Fahrenheit. You're you're by the pool, or you see the palm trees. I there's a certain relaxation that comes with coming to Vegas, which may sound weird because it's usually four hard days (laughs) and three uh, long nights uh, when you do those packages that you come from places like Edmonton. Uh, But when you're here coming to playoffs, you know, we've had an extra day in between. So it's been great. I mean, uh, and I think you were talking about uh, the coach of the Golden Knights and how much he talks. Did I catch that correctly? Yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's, you know, I've known him uh, certainly from when he was in Boston, uh, but Boston was twice a year, so we we didn't talk to him very much. Uh, Here, we we see him more often, but since uh, the Vegas Golden Knights PR are wonderful, you know, sending out the press conferences that happen or the player availability, and Bruce has been great. Like, you can take some notes on lines and, approaches and honest he's been wonderful like he's uh i can't say if i remember i've covered boston in the playoffs before i can't remember if he was this open uh as he is now but whether he was or wasn't i know what he is now and it's uh we again today was another example of it and uh very enjoyable and very good for broadcasters that are not wanting to guess at what's going to happen and having a little bit of uh information. Oh, we've talked about this uh, on the air here before, but were you part of that Stanley Cup final in, I want to say, 2010 when Philadelphia went to the final and Pierre Laviolette would not give our friend Bob Cole yeah. the lines? And, and yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That I was, was part, not pretty. I mean, Bob Cole uh, would be, the U.S. version would be Mike Emmerich, right? Yeah. Mike Todd yeah. Emmerich, uh, legendary, well-known, well-respected, uh, has a friend uh, you know, in every city and in every uh, media person, beloved by fans, and you're right, he wouldn't. Uh, I remember that. And uh, in that final, he, he just he was not having any of it. Uh, you know, and Peter obviously, you know, won a cup and he's had success and uh, and all that. But it was, yeah, it was kind of amazing to <laughs> for Bob Cole to get shut out. But that's you know, listen, it's it's uh, every coach has different approaches on the, on the gamesmanship front of. You know, changing, having the wrong goalie go off first, which by us is kind of our traditional standard of yeah. knowing first goalie off is generally the starter. But, you know, some coaches will change that up or will misdirect the line. So whether it's in the morning skate, whether it's in warm-up, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, 19 with uh, uh, with 93 and 37. And then you get out there and you're like, wait a minute, that, those aren't the lines. So, And some coaches like Bruce, he doesn't seem to be too worried about hiding anything. He's just 
kind of says it. I like both styles, or maybe I better put it this way. I understand both approaches. I think I would be more the guy kind of not giving everything out than the guy who is, is wide open. I mean, he even talked about, you know, I don't think any changes for Saturday. This was yesterday. But I could see maybe later in the series, maybe a guy like Teddy Bluger coming in, and I thought, wow, this guy's foreshadowing down the road, you know. So it's, it's wonderful. Uh, it's, so the information is, is flowing, and uh, the game certainly was uh, a couple of nights ago, and I think we're going to see more of that uh, not only Saturday, but through the rest of the series. He's my former landlord and roommate, uh, Gene Prince-Bay, from the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> broadcast uh, on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit because you sold me down the river the other night with my I colleagues. Like, they were asking. They just asked, and I answered the question. See, I didn't. <laughs> uh, there was no gamesmanship there. I yeah. told them the stories <laughs> that I could and that I felt were G-rated and appropriate for your uh, lovely crew. And I walked with right the into the hornet's nest, and they were all happy. They're all kids, and they're all like, ah, we got something yeah. on the old guy. This is awesome. This is great. And they just <laughs> gave it to me. Uh, I'll get to that in just a little bit. But uh, do, you, do you see any changes or what reaction, Janmark uh, and, and his status, uh, what we're going to see from Edmonton tomorrow? Yeah, that's that's a great question. He was not on the ice today, and, uh, I mean, I can't see him, you know, being – I don't think he would be cleared – uh, you know, with that that head to the boards, uh, I just don't. I can't see him being cleared to play on a on a day game. I would think he'd have to get out there and at least skate, and he didn't. And I, I wouldn't imagine that he would skate tomorrow. So my guess is that he would be at the earliest an option for Game Three. Jay Woodcroft did say he was day to day. So how does that impact Edmonton? You know, do they bring in? One of their, uh, you know, recent call-ups from Bakersfield, a young kid who's a former first-round pick in Dylan Holloway. Do they go with a guy like Devin Shore, who's, you know, would be under that sort of reliable journeyman, uh, there when you need him, who's played over 400 NHL games? I'd be curious to see what they, uh, what they do with that, because, and that was an impact, you know, more McDavid and Drysaddle, I guess, because they went from 11 down to 10 yeah. forwards. Which is very un, you know, heard of in the NHL, but it is the predicament you put yourself in when you've only got 11 and you lose one early and then you're, you're, you're flying 10 out there. It doesn't hurt to see, you know, Leon and Connor out there as much as they were. Leon led the Oilers in ice time just over 24 minutes. And as I think your listeners know, he led them in goals too with an epic performance of four. So I'd be curious to see what changes they make. Uh, they do have uh, Derek Ryan, who um, former university hockey player that was ill and not available game one. So I think that's the easy switch, Derek Ryan in and Jan Mark out. Uh, and they likely would go again with 11-7, and seven, I think. The Oilers have uh, had more success with that. They, they like the um, unpredictability of throwing uh, 29 and 97 for the Oilers on with quote-unquote fourth-line wingers and making things happen. So uh, I'd be curious to see what exactly they do, especially with no morning skate and a 4 o'clock local time start. Gene Prince by chatting with us in the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, when you kind of look at the adjustments needed to be made, obviously personnel is one of them going into game number two, but what are the areas that you're expecting the Oilers to execute a, a little bit better than they did in game number one? Well, for sure, Ryan, uh, defensive zone, uh, you know, the Oilers, of course, with who they have on their team, always get, you know, they're the high-scoring team in the NHL, so the defense doesn't get talked about very much because 
even when they allow X amount of goals, they usually are able to outscore that. They were not able to do that. And, you know, Vegas can score too. So it, it's not really the... For the highest-scoring team in the league, you you think a 10-goal game is more what they want, but not in the playoffs. And I, I think that's one certain area of the way they handle things defensively. I think the other thing that, that struck them was how quick Vegas responded, particularly on the 3-3 goal after Leon had tied it. Patrick, uh, the Oilers fans that are in the building are, are pumped up, as is the team on the visitors' bench, and boom, it's gone right away. And it's and it's 4-3. So, um uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's the big thing is the quick strikes by Vegas. And and I think the other thing too, Darren and Ryan, you know, when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know, Vegas had two more points, so very close teams. Uh, so there's not lots to choose from, certainly when it comes to the standings. But you kind of almost get deferred as the favorite just, just because you've got those two guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the things the Oilers have been quite uh, clear on and complimentary of it's, Vegas is a really good team, and uh, they're not there by accident. Edmonton won 14 of their last 15 games and still couldn't catch the Golden Knights. So that just shows you how good Vegas was towards the tail end as well. Maybe maybe a hair uh, uh, less successful than Edmonton, but not much. Not much, right? So uh, I, I, I loved last game. I really did. I loved it being so unpredictable, uh, more from a broadcast and fan standpoint than a coach standpoint. But I thought from an entertainment value, that was that was wonderful. What was the angle of your piece today that you filed? Uh, today we were talking about, uh, well, a little bit about uh, Dreisel. Dreisel actually took a, a puck in the face area and just a couple of stitches. So there was a follow-up on that. Uh, the other big thing, uh, game one's, um, you know, it's hard for them. It's hard to explain some things. The Oilers have lost seven straight game one. Incredible. Which, yeah, I mean, like, if you bet on it in Vegas, if you could find a casino, um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the odds would be of that. It's, it just seems unheard of that they would have lost that many consecutive uh, game one. So it's about the defense I talked about, Ryan and Darren. It's about the quick strikes uh, by Vegas. Uh, it's about the game ones. And so those are the things that they're looking at. The assumption is that Stuart Skinner is the starter again, and that's a wonderful story. You know, two Western Canadian kids with very little to no playoff experience. Uh, Laurent, you know, was, was a, a longtime Oiler, mostly as a backup, wonderful young guy. Uh, it's an intriguing story. Lots of storylines, of course, Eichel and McDavid, uh, penalty kill versus uh, power play, uh, cup champion like you know, and Alex Petrangelo, who's one big guy, uh, trying to stop guys like McDavid and Drysaddle. It's fantastic. You know, you got Alec Martinez, another Stanley Cup champ. So there's so many storylines within the big battle of trying to win the series. But uh, I'm curious to see how Edmonton comes out tomorrow when it comes to just how they play defensively and just securing things a lot better. And of course, Vegas is going, hey, we got to watch out for 29, right? Uh, let's, let's look at Riley Smith said today, he goes, we weren't that phased by the four goals. I mean, he, he generally scores two or three in a lot of games, so you know, add another one, and it's it's not unexpected, but for sure Bruce Cassidy be working on trying to shut down 29, and uh, 97, who's had 64 goals in the regular season, said today that he feels like kind of wants to bear down on his chances, which is interesting uh, for a guy who had 64 goals, yeah. but 
<laughs> these guys don't get to the top by not being hard on themselves, and that's certainly the case with the Stars on both these teams. Okay, so why did you need the feel the need to sewer me with my coworkers the other night? <laughs> well, again, you know me. I'm a fairly nice guy. They asked yeah. the question. I just provided the answer. That was that was about it. And I kept them pretty pretty clean and pretty tame, and uh, you know related mostly to food. Um, and uh, so, I mean, you know, we go back a long way. The one thing I will say for your young cohorts, you always paid the rent on time. So that was, what was it, 300 bucks back then? I, I think what it was. They, what they? Yeah, 879 Kerrigan I, Place. Yeah, you got the address right. It's still yeah. standing in Winnipeg despite both of us uh, living there. And it was, it was my first home that I ever bought. Uh, and I remember when you came in from Brandon, Manitoba, which is a couple hours outside of Winnipeg, and you needed a place to stay. And I, I remember my, my wife, Karen, who you know, Karen, uh, her saying, she goes, this is weird. You guys work together for like eight hours, and then you come home, and you guys keep talking and hanging out. Like, didn't you kind of get <laughs> out of your system at work? And we're like, well, no. We just kind of continued the conversation. So it was it was really nice. You know, when you're young, you often live with with people, yeah. friends, sometimes it's it's a you know, friend of a friend, but having you uh, live with me was, was wonderful, and here we are, right? 30 years later, uh, still very good friends. Why it worked was because uh, uh, we both fought with a boss, and then we come home and we bond. Uh, that, that, that's <laughs> why we got, so, that's so, true. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Eugene would make pancakes all the time, or Karen would make pancakes, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I would eat them all, except I'd leave one. And, <laughs> one. And, it, and, and, and I didn't realize until like a year later how much it drove Eugene, crazy. Just yeah. But I thought I was being nice by le- not not eating them all. Uh, yeah, but, but apparently it was, it was, body, yeah. it, it was bad. That, that and, and, and I did it a lot. Because <laughs> they were getting back. Did, yeah, that, that was cool. That was, part of his, that was his way of getting back some of his rent money by eating the pancakes. <laughs> it was great. Uh, you're awesome. Say hi to Karen. Uh, what are you guys doing tonight? You too, Do you, Karen, say here. Uh, uh, you know you what? Got daughters we, here? We're going to go, I think, over to Caesar's Palace and walk over there and uh, just kind of just kind of hang around. Nothing, nothing specifically. Uh, some of the guys are going to see uh, the David Blaine show. Oh, nice! Um, At the game, yeah. yeah. And uh, Bill Burr, uh, oh, who you're so familiar good. with, yeah, love he's, him. He's really good friends with the former Oiler, who's now part of the uh, management team, Paul Coffey. So um, we, some guys might be going over there as well. So now I'm not talking about players. Just to clarify that, yeah. that's kind of the you know the outlying staff. Um, hey, when in Vegas, right? May as well enjoy it. Oh, yeah. So Bill Burr and Koff are buddies? Yeah, yeah. They know each other real quick. So Paul was a longtime member and cup champion with um, uh, Pittsburgh. And they did some kind of alumni event a long time ago when Bill Burr wasn't someone that you and I knew. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they stayed friends. And uh, he was at Game 6 of the L.A. series, actually. And I was kind of going to interview him, but... You know, when you get the stars at these games, as you know well here from uh, Vegas, um, you kind of got to get them early, right? They want to enjoy themselves. Yep. If you try and get them in the second intermission or third period, it's it's probably not really fair to them. They want to have fun. If you get them early, that's okay. So we'll see who's out there, uh, who's out there tomorrow, because I know uh, Blaine was the the siren cranker or whatever the title is. Uh, last game, and we were trying to get them, and we didn't. And not to sound like a Canadian hick here, but if you show up on a TV screen all across Canada with David Blaine or a Bill Burr. It could almost matter not what you do before that or after that. Yeah. The only thing people will remember is, is that 90 seconds that you talk yeah. to Bill Burr or David Blaine or pick a star. The greatest hockey knowledge in the world, and they'll be like, you were on with Bill Burr? That's cool. 
And you, that's right. Yeah, that's the, right. The, the, totally. Yeah. I, I'm totally uh, getting into coffee's uh, uh, universe with the uh, with Bill Burr and the connections there. I'm going to use that. Thanks for uh, thanks for I love that. that. Yeah, uh, th- I'm 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 going to pull those strings all day long. Uh, have fun. <laughs> uh, have fun tonight. Say hi to Karen. Uh, and uh, you're the best for doing this. Yeah, no problem. See you at the rink tomorrow. You Take bet. care, Ryan. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Gene. There's the nicest guy in broadcasting. Nicest guy. Mm-hmm. Eugene Prince Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he nicest he's, landlord too. Apparently. A very good landlord. Yeah, you, you you thought leaving one pancake was was cool. Didn't eat them all. Like what? The, all the all. condescending on, things. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> the best part is Eugene does, doesn't drink, and so uh, his his parents would come to town, and his dad uh, like Italian to to the bone, like have beer, have wine. Mm-hmm. He's like Eugene, Eugene, you don't drink with me. You come over, you drink. I love you, Darren. And we would we would have these we would have these epic nights of just sitting around the table with great food and great wine and beer mm-hmm. and and awesome. And uh, and I got to be one of the one of the favorites of the family because yeah. of that because right. of that because I would just pound him back because you'd and, mooch off of his dad and then and then in the morning you'd ruin it all by leaving one solitary pancake. Yeah. Rude. That's what I do. Uh, we got to uh, take a break. We'll come back and set up hour number two, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You need. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It is a language I love. Happy Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. 2023. Yep. You guys doing anything? Uh, No. No, I'm not. Going home. Going to have a nice dinner. <laughs> but nothing Cinco de Mayo-ish. No, I mean, no. Why? I don't, just because game tomorrow. Come over to my place. Let's get oh, Cinco de Mayo okay, flat-faced. Okay. okay. Yeah, Thanks, there we go. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going we're gonna to go we're out gonna to go eat. Hang out at Darren Millard's Chapman's house. been over there. Yeah. We've done a lot of good, cool that's, things. That's right. It was a was Super Bowl party? Yes. Or yep. Formula One party? Uh, no, no. Great no, Cup no. party. No, I'm not the Formula oh, One party. Oh, it's yet. weird it's how a great you guys cup party. completely. No, right. it was the great. It yeah. is the Super Bowl of Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't count. Come on, yeah, it does. Don't tell Canadians Caught, it doesn't count. You doing? Uh, you doing anything Cinco de Mayo-ish? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go have a nice dinner with the, with my my lad. Where are you going? Uh we're probably gonna go to the place that's uh, right up the street, Flamingo. Uh, what is it? Uh, but Lindo Michoacan. Oh, nice. There you go. And I will I will get flat faced because I will be drinking Cadillac margaritas with your son. Well, he won't be drinking. No, no. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, more like you're getting flat faced with your son. Well, my wife will be there too, but I'll, I hand her the keys. Let's let's get the whole family together. Yeah, I, I give her the keys, and I'm like, baby, it's one of those nights. <laughs> Jeez, they're gonna be rough tomorrow. Yeah, one thirty for uh, Bruce. Can you take a video of that? Of you saying, baby? <laughs> yes, please. We'll, we'll see. It's gonna be one of those nights. <laughs> That is awesome. Hour number two, the VGK Insider Show. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy coming up. Looking ahead to game two, Oilers and Golden Knights tomorrow afternoon on The Strip.